independent mission for financial advisors in Rutherford County. All about me, check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com. Jump in with questions, comments. You can do that at financialcoachingradio.com. A lot of folks worried. Not a lot. That's about half the country is worried. A little less than half. About what's going to happen to tax law under the new presidential regime of Joe Biden. So we got Kiplinger coming out. I, I like I like their articles. I don't think they try to spin it too much. And you read some stuff from CNBC or Fox Business, and it's really just this doom and gloom or this overhyped stuff. I think Kiplinger pretty much tells it like it is. But if you want to do some things to prepare for higher taxes, it's the same old, same old. If you really think the tax code is going to change for you, I drastically or I, I very much don't think the tax code will change for everyone. But you got to make sure you're using tax advantaged investments, making sure you're taking advantage of your 401k, your 403b, putting in money pre tax, using a regular IRA, uh, maybe doing Roth conversions under the new lower or the old lower tax rates if you think they're going up. All things to look at. Also, uh, using tax credits and all the deductions and all this stuff. We could sit here and talk to her blue in the face about those things. But I'm just going to circle it back to who you're working with. Who's guiding you to minimize taxes? Is there anything that you're missing? And that could be circled back to who's your certified financial planner. If you don't have one, probably need to get one. And who's your tax expert? Those people working together will be able to look at tax credits that you maybe you have overlooked uh, that are changing or going away soon or tax deductions, looking at business expenses and your income statements and all this stuff to put together a strategy for you paying less taxes now, but also if things change. We already talked about a Roth IRA conversion. A conversion will make a lot of sense for those who are not yet retired. If you are already retired and you're already receiving Social Security benefits, this could be... Uh, kind of the negative for you in doing a Roth IRA conversion. The reason is maybe under your current income of pension, social, and 401k, IRA, whatever income you're taking to live on in retirement, all of your Social Security isn't counted as taxable income. And um, but if you do a conversion, you can make you take fifty thousand dollars out of your regular IRA, convert to a Roth IRA. That's taxable. It's taxable income, and maybe that changes how much of your Social Security income is taxable, and it turns out to be a bad situation for you. You don't want taxes to be um, higher because of a financial decision you make. You're trying to make these choices to make taxes lower. One of the main things that I come across with people with individual investment accounts, I'm talking about accounts that are not IRAs, they are... Uh, you know, there could be a joint account, could be an individual account. It's, it's just a regular investment account. Some people call them non-qualified accounts. A big mistake in those accounts is what's called asset location. If you're paying tax on your investment growth because it is an individual or regular investment account, don't you think you need to have tax-efficient investments inside those accounts? Don't put regular mutual funds in those accounts. Don't put taxable bond or corporate bond funds in those accounts. Use municipal bond funds and bond ETFs or individual tax-free bonds. Think about it like this. Let's say you're anticipating over a 10-year period a 10% average annual return, but you lose 2% 
to taxes, of your growth to taxes, because you don't have the right investments or assets in your taxable investment account. Versus if you actually did make these changes we're discussing today, you may only lose a half a point or 1% of your growth to taxes. That 1% that you saved in paying taxes on your gains is going to turn into a huge amount of money down the road. So it's a very common mistake. It's a very common mistake by financial advisors. Because they, they treat everybody the same. you got an IRA, we're investing it like this. you got a regular taxable account, we're going to invest it like this. That's not how it works. Well, that's not how it should work. It is how it works, unfortunately. That's not how it should work. Income splitting. Income splitting involves moving some of your income to family members in a lower tax bracket. And if you're high net worth, you have a business owner, high income, this is something you've probably thought about or you're maybe even doing. So shifting income down to younger generations, kids, grandkids, if it's possible, and of course legal, it could help you save taxes because they don't have the high income as you do they're in a lower tax bracket could help you as well so there's many many things that you can do as a doesn't really matter your situation whether you're in the 12 percent tax bracket or you're in the 37 percent tax bracket there are many things that you can consider another thing that's overlooked in regular taxable investment accounts is tax lost harvesting it's not a big topic anymore the reason that it's not a big topic lately is because there are no dang losses to harvest because everything has been up for so long and everything has a gain in it. But what tax lost harvesting is, is simply this is a regular investment account. This is not a, an IRA or a Roth or a 401k. So let's say you put $1,000. Let's make it easy. Let's say you put $100,000 and you went out and you bought the Fidelity S&P 500 index fund. You know, obviously that is a fund with Fidelity. It is a fund that tracks the S&P 500. And you put $100,000 in there. And the time that you bought it, this is not realistic because the S&P 500 hasn't been down in a while. But you you bought it for $100,000. Now it's only worth $80,000. You could sell that fund at that particular time and you would book a $20,000 loss. And you could take those losses, some of them every year, on your tax return you're like well i don't want to sell when i have a loss what do i do with my eighty thousand? well you don't really want to change your investment strategy because as i mentioned you were in the fidelity s p 500 index fund you could sell take the loss put it on your tax return save some tax save some taxes and go out and repurchase or, or, or purchase the vanguard total stock market index fund it's basically the same thing not identical but it's basically the same there's, it's not against the rules. It's just one of those things that you can do. Losses on paper losses help you none, but booking losses through tax loss harvesting does. So that's another strategy. All the things that mean you paying less taxes. Another thing that you need to plan on, and I tell everyone we can do this about five to 10 years ahead of time. If you're five to 10 years away from retirement, we want to be thinking about those future years when you're no longer working and how can we plan today what are some of the things we can do today so that you pay little to no income taxes in retirement what if you had six thousand dollars a month coming in from all sources maybe a pension social uh, 401k roth ira uh, any other asset you have 
What if you had $6,000 a month, for example, coming in for the rest of your life and you did not owe the IRS a penny? It can be done if you plan ahead of time. What does it take? Well, you need to work with an independent, fee-only certified financial planner. For more, go to jasonqualscfp.com, J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. If you want to jump in with a question, a comment, we talk about everything over the financial sum here on Financial Coaching Radio. Just click email the show or any of the social media links at financialcoachingradio.com. I'm back right after this short break. Buying a house is stressful, and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Welcome back here on WGNS. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Joining in now is John Baker, estate planning attorney, website bakercouncil.com. John, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad John, why don't you start off by telling the listeners a little bit about what your practice focuses on and how you help clients on a, a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so we, we're basically what I call estate planning and long-term care planning, uh, you know, trying to help uh, people with just their general estate planning but also looking at long-term care uh, a lot of times people think of that as nursing home expenses although it can be other expenses so we just help people try to plan for those contingencies as well you know there's a lot of things uh, we can do even as part of your uh, just basic estate planning to 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 do some planning for those types of issues and uh, because it is the uh, for most people, when in retirement age, the, the, their biggest financial risk is, is, is a health issue, particularly of the long-term care nature, um, because those expenses are, are not covered by your regular health insurance or uh, Medicare. But that's mostly what we do. And, 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 yeah, know, it could be you know, basic state plan, yeah. wills, powers yeah. of attorney, yeah. health care directives, living yeah. wills, and it goes really to the more advanced, yeah. more involved planning. Right. Yep. And, you know, we, administration, state administration, probate, you know, so all the things related to that, you know, we try to help people with. So now that we have a new president, a lot, of, I, I got a very interesting question, and I, and I was initially surprised, but then I was like, this is what you know. The media has kind of warped everything to thinking everything is going to come to a, a doom and gloomy end. But it was a, a an elderly lady, was the mother of of some folks that had maybe three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars worth of assets. So one of the siblings was like, "Hey, we got to gift this house right now. We got to gift her assets away because with the new president, she's going to owe inheritance taxes." And I'm sitting there going, "I highly doubt that they're going to take the." 
personal individual estate tax exemption from $11 million down to 400000 Anything's possible. Yeah, but that'd well, be a crazy that, change, right? Yeah, I did, so I know this is on people's minds. Like, well, no, higher income taxes, mm-hmm. estate taxes. What do you do in that situation? Because it's really misinformation, right? Yeah, some, something like that. You know, if, if you're worth, um, you know, several millions of dollars or, or have that, you know, potential net worth, you know, then maybe you ought to, you know, study and, and you know, consult with, an, you know, a lawyer and CPA on your on estate taxes and gift taxes and those sorts of things. But Is there a net worth you would say if you know if last year if you were worth five million you weren't really concerned about estate taxes because the exemption was almost 12 million bucks with the new administration what is the net worth you think people even though they're no nowhere near that into the the exemption amount now if the laws change when who needs to be worried yeah you know and and we and we you know like you said you know laws can change and you know but uh i'm still thinking if you're below the five million range that that you're probably still you know pretty pretty good shape uh you know of course married couples uh, can potentially double that, and and if they keep in the inflation options, you know that those numbers do gradually creep up at, at over time. So I, I still think uh, it's going to be a a, a a you know a relatively uh, you know high exemption amount. Now, will it be five million? Could they drop it lower than that? You know, certainly they could. But I would really be shocked if if it got you know down into the one and two million ranges i I don't i'd be surprised if it went that low i'm looking at a source and i haven't heard him physically say this it could be true could could not be true biden indicated that the exemption would be reduced to 3.5 million yeah. So, who but, knows? You know, that, and that, that's and even that's that, that's, but, I, that's I that's I and that's I on the, the prize, right? Going from yeah. eleven million to three and a half. Right. But uh, if you think about it, and your first example there of the person that may be worth several hundred thousands of dollars, you know, you're still talking about three, you know, over three million, and for a married couple, you know, double that. So before uh, you have to worry about, before it. you're really gonna, you know, owe those taxes. So, uh, you know, you're still talking about, uh, you know, larger estates. And, uh, and, you know, another thing I, I've heard out there, you know, we don't, you know, we obviously none of us know, but, you know, the, 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 uh, that the current exemptions, uh, you know, what you like to talk about, the 11 million, uh, that those will go back to their, uh, to their levels before, uh, before that law was passed, I think effective in, uh, 2000, effective 2018. So they'll revert back. And they uh, and they may expedite that. So maybe instead of reverting back at yes, the, end the of tw- Trump tax law will expire twenty twenty five. Yeah. So maybe they maybe it expires earlier. You know. So who we you know we don't know. But I, I would still I still think we're going to have uh, you know uh, you know uh, you know nice size exemptions. But you know I don't think we're going to have twenty two million dollar exemptions for married couples like we currently have. I don't think that's going to last. And just to be clear, what we're discussing here: not everyone pays an inheritance, or not everyone's estate play, pays an inheritance tax. You have to be worth enough money before you're subject to it. Yeah. And the majority of people are not worth more than twelve million. And even if the exemption comes down to five million, the majority of people aren't worth more than five five million. Especially right, if right. you're married, it's double that. And 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 to tie in the gift tax to that, the federal gift tax is tied to the federal estate tax. So uh, those exemption levels, are, um, you know, you don't pay a gift tax, um, you know, while you're alive, but you may be using up some of your exemption while you're alive. 
We're talking estate planning, estate tax planning with John Baker, estate planning attorney, bakercouncil.com. This is Financial Coaching Radio. John, so what if someone were to be misinformed and just take their mother's house and then give it to all three children? What's the, the consequences there? Well, you know, and turns out there was no inheritance tax. Yeah, <laughs> so obviously, the first thing you know, it was ill-advised, and, and it certainly wasn't uh, uh, something to do good for taxes. In fact, by giving it away, uh, you, the the children now are are going to get your basis. Yep, you lose stepped up you basis. Lose stepped up children basis. when the property sells, they'll be taxed at a higher rate. And so you know, so you you've got that issue, and then of course there's just the risk of liability. You know, what if one of the children gets in a in a you know legal uh, liability or a divorce, and and this property gets tied in with that? You know, that's not good because mama's not going back to work if she's 75, 80 years old and retired, and she's given her property to her child and now her child has gotten sued by somebody you know not not a good thing to do there for those purposes either so uh you have you know gifting substantial assets you know the rule of thumb there should be you should be seeking uh you know really uh you know legal advice when you're doing that sort of thing with substantial gifts because there's a there can be a lot of hidden traps there and people get up in a panic because the, the tax laws will change yeah. I mean, it's just We've been through a lot of administrations, and there's always good and bad tax laws that get passed, good and bad changes. But for the most part, the tax code has stayed relatively the same for a long time. You know, the biggest right. change I can remember in 20 years was with the Trump tax cuts having to do with small business owners. You know, they lowered tax rates, but tax rates have been around about the same mm-hmm. for 20 something years. Yeah. yeah, the exemption is with the estate tax. It's obviously grown faster than the rate of inflation, but it was for a long time just increasing every year, no matter who was in office. Right, right. So it's uh, you know it's gone from, and I forget the exact years here, but About somewhere around a million in two thousand up to. Oh, I to, think in two thousand one, two thousand, the exemption was six hundred and fifty thousand, and went to a million somewhere in there. And then it, you know, by by two thousand nine, I think it was what about three million something, and then in two thousand ten, it went away altogether, <laughs> and then then it came back, and then they uh, they implemented a more uh, permanent law, I believe, in two thousand twelve. And then Trump changed all that at the end of 2017, and now we'll probably get another change. I always tell people when when they say t- uh, they a permanent tax law is passed, that probably <laughs> means about five years because there's really Sadly, no that's such true. thing. If the, other, that. the other thing about tax law is if they giveth in one place, they taketh from another. You know, there's usually an equilibrium there. So if they're giving you a tax break here, they're making it up somewhere else. Gotcha. And John, on the um, the the gifting, if it, people get really confused with how much someone can gift, and and whether you're worth twenty million or you're worth twenty thousand, they get really confused about the annual gift tax exclusion of the fifteen thousand, and not realizing that. For the majority of people that do not have an inheritance tax issue because of high net worth, they can give basically all of their assets away and there will be no gift tax. That's right. Uh, someone that so let's say you have you know, a $300,000 net worth and you, you know, a mother gives their child $100,000. It's way over the annual exemption amount of 15000 Do you recommend filing the gift tax return in that scenario even though it's basically informational? 
Well, my, my interpretation of it is that, that, that that's what the tax code would require. So, so I would suggest people, you know, do it. But the reality is probably most are not because they're just not going to owe a tax. It's never going to become an issue. But uh, you can also use that to, to potentially establish basis amounts. You know, you can, you can file your return and put your valuations in. So, uh, but, uh, but I think what you're going to find is, in, is most people, you know, that are not really going to, you know, in the realm of, of, of really uh, potentially having to owe those types of taxes are probably not filing those returns. But my interpretation of the tax code is you're supposed to file it even if it's just informational. All right, this is Financial Coaching Radio. We'll continue our estate planning discussion right after this short break. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm with John Baker, estate planning attorney. Back right after this. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Recent reports show that half of Americans don't have any of the most basic estate planning documents, like a will or powers of attorney. Folks, if you're married or have children, you can't put this off any longer. Call John Baker, estate planning attorney, right now at 896-5621. As a husband, wife, mother, or father, you owe it to your loved ones to make sure your estate plan is in order. So call John Baker at 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. I can say it the way you like. I can do it the way you need. I can give you dirty looks. Like them dudes that's on TV. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio, the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell, no live events, tickets for selling. Just talking about real deal financial planning topics. John Baker, estate planning attorney, is here. John, for a lot of dynamics and, and families have changed, it's no longer just the mom and the dad and the kids. It's people living unmarried, people in second or third marriages, people deciding never to marry at all. A lot of different dynamics in the family uh have changed how does that affect one's estate planning is it change anything in your practice when you're you're guiding those people well i think yeah so when particularly when you have uh a married couple that may have their own separate children you know they've they've, they've had you know prior marriages or or, or whatever and and now we've got uh you know maybe they're you know we've got more parents and uh yeah we got step parents and we've got uh natural parents and adopted parents and 
So, uh, you, you know, all that adds, you know, dynamics as to how we're going to provide, you know, and, and uh, provide for the spouse and provide for the children. And uh, so it, it's those are those are all unique challenges. Sometimes they're they're they're, they're the hardest hardest challenges is, is to come up with uh, good ways to to manage all of that. And sometimes you have to get creative. You know, you may you know you're you're you may be using uh, life insurance, you know, to fund various things. And so. Uh, uh, setting up wills, okay, you know, sometimes in, in those situations you're you're using trusts, uh, you know, to, to kind of um, direct direct your the inheritances. So it, it does that, those those things, uh, but it's just all part of it, you know. And, and you just uh, you that's that's why we want to sit down with you know each each family and each each couple and you know, see what their situation is and how to make it work for them. It takes a, an already a topic that people avoid. A lot of people just don't want to right. do talk about it or do estate planning, yeah. whether no matter what their family situation is. But it makes it a little bit more complex. The, the typical question that I, I've been asked, uh, it's, it's a, a retired married couple. It's their second marriage. They both have kids from a previous marriage, maybe even some together, but certainly kids from a previous marriage. And the confusion lies as, well, if I die, I'll leave everything to my wife, but I want her to actually give you know a certain amount to my kids and not give everything to her kids. Right. Yeah, and that, that's that's the tip. That's it makes people's challenge. head spins. You're like, because you don't really you want you trust who you're with, but you don't really know what the right decision as far as planning goes there. Right. Right. Yep. And 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 we may you know we may have a trust in that situation. Again, we may be using life insurance. To either that's maybe for the spouse or for the children, that may be factored in. So uh, uh, you know, just just different different ways to deal with it. And when I say trust. Uh, it could be a trust that that uh, let's say the spouse you want your a lot of times I see they, they the, the 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 couple they want each other cared for first but they also want their children to get certain things when they pass they're they're separate yeah they want to be treated fairly yeah. um, but they want first priority a lot of times is the spouse but then they you know then they have their secondary priority it is their each of their individual children and uh, so we we may have a spousal trust. And then the question is, well, how much control over that trust do you give the surviving spouse? Or, or is she even going to be her own trustee? <laughs> so you can get, you know, really in, in, into the weeds on, on how to do this. And uh, different, you know, different people are going to make different choices as, as to how to do it. But, uh, you know, I, another thing, unfortunately, that I see a lot is like you were saying, but these are tough things for people to think about and, and, and to, to plan for. Because then you decide they, to go through with the planning, you're like, well, I don't know who I would even name as trustee and, and or any of this yeah, stuff. It's not unusual for me to have that situation come in, and you know, one of the spouses has died, and there's no planning, there's no will or anything. And and in that case, a lot of times, what what's going to happen there is, is that um, the spouse doesn't get everything; it, it's shared with 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 the decedent's children, and that may or may not have been what was desired but that's what the law is going to mandate you know if there wasn't some other planning in place so it's real important don't leave those types of things to chance because it may very well be a disaster when someone's going to meet meet with an estate planning attorney what things do they need to gather like is there is there a list that you're giving these people do they just need to come in and talk first and then worry about bringing information later what what's a good process just to get people talking and involved because as we know, most people have not done any estate planning, yeah. if, and if the one that the planning they have done may not be even up to date. 
Yeah, and, and you know, and it is it is it is a process, and and we do we start out with a, a worksheet. We request certain information, certain documents, and what I usually what we'll tell people is that you know please uh, you know fill this out as best as you can from the information that you have, and and so that we can review it before we meet. So when we have that first meeting, you know, we can actually have an informative, productive meeting, and we're not just sitting there gathering lists all during the meeting. So we'll be one step ahead there. Uh, sometimes, though, people don't have all the documents, or it's going to, you know, there's it's going to take them a little time to get everything together, and and so, um, but they can give me a good snapshot, and that's what I'm really looking for in that first meeting. You know, let let's see what your uh, financial and your family situation is, and what it is you're wanting to do, and that's what I tried to go over in those that first you know meeting when we actually. Uh, sit down and, and, and start talking about it is there a number one reason that people call you in regards to generally yeah. estate planning not you know not the long-term care stuff but just, yeah. just in general uh you know i you know i i, I would say usually there's something that triggers them to call that's, that's what i was thinking because i've heard there's insurance, a trigger yeah like when an insurance agent says you know no one you know anyone that comes calls me up wanting a, a one million dollar liability umbrella on their home and auto insurance probably just Almost got sued. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and occasionally, you know, it, is, it may be the, the financial advisor or the insurance agent has just been on them long enough and, and they finally are doing it. Or it's a life event. Uh, right? or, but a lot of, most of the time, I'd say it's more likely a life event. Somebody has died. Somebody had a major health issue. You know, something has happened that, that has said that has finally, you know, said, all right, we've got to get something in, in place. Well, the thing about estate planning, it's not for those who are alive today. It's who those you leave behind. John Baker, I appreciate your time, man. Well, thank you for letting me be here, and I always enjoy it. BakerCouncil.com is his website. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Check us out online at FinancialCoachingRadio.com. Back with you right after this. Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Taking advantage of your competition today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. They can provide you with expert bookkeeping, payroll services, tax planning, and much, much more. Go to thwcpa.com or call them at 848-1072 today. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonquallscfp.com. As I tell you every week, get out, make sure you're working with the right type of advisor. That be, that be someone who's only on your side. Someone with zero conflicts of interest. In the financial advice world, unfortunately, it's not that they're purposely trying to 
take you down the wrong path or do the wrong thing. It's that their business model and the company they work for has so many constraints on them that they have basically no choice but to do business in a way that is damaging to their clients in some ways. So how do you combat that? You make sure your advisor is truly independent. They are commission-free or fee-only, no outside compensation, uh, only compensation for time, expertise, and make sure they have the top credentials in the business, certified financial planner. You can learn all about what I do, how I do it, at jasonqualcfp.com. If you're looking for that spot, you're looking for a new podcast. We have all the links there. You can do all the cool ways to listen. You can just click the, the show and listen there. You can do it on Apple and all these other apps that we have on the website. Just go to financialcoachingradio.com and click on archives. You can listen, listen to the show anytime, anywhere, anywhere in the world. All right, that's it for the show. Appreciate you tuning in today and every day. I'll be back at you next time. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Keep it locked in right here on WGNS.